Greetings, blessings, and welcome to the Fuel for Your Journey podcast, where it is our mission to bring you topics, testimonies, and conversations that will fuel your journey through the seasons of life. The host is Debrada Sally, a.k.a. D-Life Mentor Coach, woman of faith, mother, Christian author, faith-based life coach, and wellness advocate. The vision of the podcast is to support others in gracefully moving through life and only accepting God's best and drawing them into the Lord's presence for renewal and healing. Discover more about Miss Sally and her mission at www.dlifementor.com. Join us for the live recording on the first and third Thursday of each month. We'd love to take your questions, dialogue, and have you be a part of the Fuel for Your Journey community. In the event you miss us live, catch us on your favorite podcasting platform anytime. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook as Fuel for Your Journey or Instagram at Fuel for Your Journey. That's at Fuel, the number four, U-R-J-R-N-Y. Interested in being a sponsor, guest? advertising an upcoming event or partnering with your product that will benefit our audience, contact us at info at dlifementor.com. We look forward to partnering with you. And now here's another empowering episode of the Fuel for Your Journey podcast. Greetings and blessings, and welcome to another empowering episode of the Fuel for Your Journey podcast. This is Dee Sally, your podcast host. I'm excited, excited, excited tonight to bring you this conversation we're going to engage in um, called Emotional Health and Emotional Boundaries. Um, Just for your information, i like to share a bit with you. Um, our soul is comprom- com- comprised of our mind, our will, and our emotions. When the soul is unbalanced, unhealed, or burdened down, our health and well-being can negatively be impacted and cause one to live beneath their full potential. The word emotions is defined as a natural, instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, their mood, or relationships with others. Some basic emotions are anger, fear, disgust, happiness, sadness, and surprise. Emotional health is a very important part of overall health. People who are emotionally healthy are in control of their thoughts, their feelings, behaviors, and are able to cope with life's challenges. Emotionally healthy people are also, they still feel stress. They feel anger and sadness, but the key is that they know how to manage their negative feelings. One of the things that can negatively affect the emotions is a lack of healthy boundaries. So tonight, 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 in this episode of the podcast, we will discuss all of the above. Join me, joining me in this discussion will be Latasha Matthews. Latasha Matthews is known as America's emotional wellness expert. She is the co-founder of Pieces That Fit, Inc., and she is also the CEO and Clinical Director of Illumination Counseling and Coaching, LLC. Latasha has worked in social services, higher education, and corporate America. She has provided in-home community-based therapy and worked in a variety of counseling and clinical private practice settings. Latasha is well-versed in providing individual, couples, adolescents, and family therapy techniques. With 15 years' experience as a licensed professional counselor and life coach and speaker, 
She utilizes a family systems approach, which considers how a particular system impacts an individual person, organization, or situation. Latasha is an advocate for emotional wellness and balance as her work has afforded her the opportunity to provide resources for the underprivileged, low-income families, churches, and corporations to identify needs for those who lack emotional balance and wellness. Latasha is the author of the book, The Dumping Ground, which was on the bestsellers list in the year 2016. The Dumping Ground was birthed out of her personal inability to set the boundaries that God requires. The topic is very important to her and close to her heart because this area has caused her a tremendous amount of pain and consequences that significantly shape the course of her life. Financial losses, sickness, relationship challenges, poor decisions, and a host of other consequences will come if you are unable to set effective boundaries. She works with women and men to teach them that no is a complete sentence. She has trained over 500 individuals globally on the importance of setting healthy boundaries. The word no must be utilized to set boundaries and limits when developing relationships with others. Latasha has received numerous awards, written several articles, publications, and a variety of speaking opportunities for her advocacy work supporting healthy boundaries. So without further ado, uh, we are welcoming this esteemed woman to the Few for Your Journey podcast. Welcome, Latasha. Thank you so much for having me. I was just you in awe of everything you do. We do the same stuff. I'm like, we on the same team. Right, right. It all works together. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. So I look, I'm trying to figure out where to start first. You know, um, <laughs> so, you know, like, tell us about, you know, your journey. I know I've shared a lot about you, you know, through your yeah. bio, you know, but tell us a little bit about your journey, how you came to that point to um, birth that book, um, The Dumping Ground. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, yeah. So um, the book is a transparent um, depiction. I think I feel very passionate and very honored that, you know, God would allow me to use the book even even while I was working on all of these boundary violations that I was committing against myself. And so Mm. one of the things I learned very early on is um, sometimes you can use your family of origin to blame and victimize your parents for what they didn't do. But as I became an adult and started making poor decisions, I had to really look at, okay, what areas am I really struggling in? As I accepted Christ and began to learn he is the author of boundaries. He gives us the guideline. The, the Bible gives us the template for setting good boundaries. And that's where I first realized, hey, I am doing things outside of God's intended purpose. And so most individuals that look at, you know, I'm not going to say most, sometimes individuals will look at um, the Bible as a you can't do this and you can't do that. But when you really um, allow yourself to stay within the confines of what God has designed, you really have the freedom to live a life of fullness, wholeness, and passion. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that I wasn't living what God said that I should be living, and I started kind of looking at the the imbalance that I had in just different areas of my life. And so I began to work on myself while I was helping others work on their boundary issues. So before I wrote my book and started utilizing my book with clients, I did my own work. So I got my own therapist, and I started to talk about areas that I struggled with as pertaining to boundaries. And she helped me uncover some of my 
past hurts and some of the areas that I just needed to put better systems in place. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. just you need to learn that you can't do 85 things in one day. You need to learn the reason why you're attempting to do 85 things in one right, day. Right, right. A lot of it had to do with me wanting to please someone else. A lot of it had oh. to do with, you know, I want to be right or I want to be perfect. And I had to just unpack it, to be honest. I just had mm-hmm, to kind of mm-hmm. unpack all those bags and kind of see what I wanted to leave unpacked and what I needed to take with me. So tell me this. So all those things that bags that you unpacked? Did you put them in the dumping ground? Is that where the title comes from? (laughs) Or does that mean something else? (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. No, I didn't really unpack them. I I, I guess I literally did put some of that information in the dumping ground book. But if you look at the picture of um, the dumping ground and you look at my book, Mm -hmm. there's a lady that's kind of holding her hands up and there's a lot of trash that she's trying to keep from kind of covering her up. That's the image that I would like to give listeners and readers to to help them understand this is what happens to you when you're not – able mm-hmm. to set boundaries. You get dumped on. You, mm-hmm. you start doing things that you don't want to do. You can't get out of certain situations. You are covered with it. And so wow. that's where the dumping ground really was birthed from. Just you can't say no and you can't get out of all that trash. Wow. Wow. So she had a, a – I don't have a cover before me, but um... – yeah, so the work is required in order to get out of that place. Yes. There's so, first yeah, – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. So there's an acknowledgement that, you know, mm. this woman is going to get covered, and she has nowhere right. to run. I think that's the place I came to. I kept going in circles, yeah. and I had nowhere to run. And it just took me right back to God and what he – already had designed for me. And so I first had to, you know, have the awareness and belief that what he has put in his word is designed to provide me that life of passion and fulfillment, to provide me everything I need within a certain confinement. Um, Once you Mm -hmm. step outside of that confinement, there is destruction that's coming your way. <laughs> right, right. So true. I mean, I can. You know, you said in the beginning we had so much in common. But the more you talk and share about this book, it's, it's amazing. Um, people don't realize that a lot of our stories are are parallel. They're crossing in some way at some point. You know, that's why it's so important to tell your story. You know, um, going back to people thinking that they're the only one that may be experiencing something, or they're the mm-hmm. only one that. And that um, that depiction of that dumping ground, you know, so, you know, for you to share your story, I think is very important for someone who may be in that place, like I was, like you was, <laughs> that, uh, you know, they didn't set the proper boundaries and therefore, you know, they got overhauled, so to speak, you yeah. know, and, and had to dig their way out. So, and I like what you said, you said, and this is something I say about my memoir as well, you had to come to that point of acknowledgement. Because until mm-hmm. you personally come to that place of acknowledgement, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Even with all the trash surrounding you, you have to get to that point of acknowledgement. And you said it was through um, God's word, which I can relate to as well, that uh, I'm yes. assuming you began to see um, yourself as God sees you, and as a result, you realize that what's going on around you and within you did not line up with what his will is or will was for you. Amen. I want you to speak a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, You mentioned the Bible and the boundaries that God has already set forth for us. Would you share a little bit about that? Give us some examples. um, Yes, yes. to support those boundaries as it relates to the Bible? Yes, yes. So one area that I talk about in my book um, that I later found out that I already had the tools and the resources to really handle that was finances. 
So I would make excuses because my father was a saver and my mother was a spender. And the excuse I used to make was, well, I didn't really get the skills. You know, I was with my mom and she was spending money, so that's how I learned how to get myself into debt. And early on in my life, I found myself in a place where I had to file bankruptcy. Um, I had a lot of guilt and shame attached to that, but the Bible talks specifically about money and, and, and stewardship and being a good steward over our finances. So it wasn't even if my earthly parents didn't provide me the, the mandate you know, I had accepted Christ, and I said I believed in what this word said. And so it yeah. provided me the balance sheet, the profit and loss statement, the accountant, the ultimate accountant wow. provided me <laughs> what I needed to balance my finances. I chose to do something else. So it wasn't that I didn't have what I needed. I didn't believe that that's what I needed. So that's one example um, as it pertains to having the template. The other example I would have is relationships. Relationships are huge for men and women. And as believers, God has given us the mandate. We don't believe that he is protecting us from emotional harm and abuse when we step outside of the will of God as it pertains to um, sex before marriage, as it pertains to soul ties. We don't believe that if we take this one chance, what consequence or disease will come with it. And I learned early on that you're going to keep bumping your head in the same area. If you say yeah. you believe this and you're doing that, he is not going to honor that, and therefore you are not going to get what he desires you to have. And so I give so many examples in my book just about the, the godly principles that are set before us. And even if you are not connected with God and you don't have a relationship with God, some of these principles are really universal as far as, you know, having value and self-worth, um, understanding you need to honor yourself before you, you as you're honoring standards. others. Um, mm-hmm. Having standards, having boundaries, you know, managing your time before your time manages you. We can have idols mm-hmm. in other areas. Time is an idol. Money is an idol. Social media becomes an idol. I was about so to really say that. Under- yeah. <laughs> really, just looking at what consumes your time. Whatever consumes your time will grow, and that becomes your God. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, and you know, and it's, it seems like the, the more you get entangled, and I've used social media as the example, um, you know, you get the more you spend your time um, engaging certain things, and um, it, it's because you'll look up and, and you're in a web, so to speak, not realizing how much time that you have squandered. Um, just rolling up and down the screen. Um, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I realized. And it's like a constant fight to say, okay, let me get off of here or let me put <laughs> something in place where I'm only looking at this in the morning or in the evening or, you know, using so- certain social media tools to schedule and things like that. It's like, um, you know, we have to become the stewards of our, our time and, you know, in all areas. Yeah. Not realizing that, you know, okay, God, what would you have me to do with this time? It could be something, you know, I'll use, I'll use me an example. So I, I was writing my book for years. A lot of the time was because it was therapeutic, and I had to experience some things, get healed from some things in order to push through and to write it. But a lot of it, um, I don't know the time frame, but a lot of the time, that um, kept me from releasing the book was because I was online a lot mm. and, mm-hmm. and doing a bunch of nothing. So that, that, that is extremely, extremely important. I want you to talk a little about the impact that emotional health has in all of our life areas, the lack of emotional health has in life areas. Because I was reading your your story, you shared a little bit about your story. I don't have the book, but I do have what you sent me. And what you were talking about is how you got to the place where um, experiencing um, layoffs 
and, and as a result gaining understanding about how emotional stability and how it impacts our lives. Yes, so, yes, I would love to share. Um, I think we both have, you know, a mission and a passion to um, teach others the importance of emotional Mm -hmm. wellness, And, and I actually started doing that in the church and realized very early on these leaders are not well. And so right. it's going to filter, oh filter down onto the and members. And not knowing it. <laughs> not knowing it. They were, some of them were yeah. just, do, you know, just up there trying to, you know, be high and mighty. They weren't aware mm-hmm. that they were not well. Mm-hmm. And so right. one of the things that's very was a telltale sign for me is, you know, as adults, you know, when kids have temper tantrums, and fall out when they're not able to manage their emotions, you know, there is a strong consequence for that or there's a strong talking to. But what happens a lot of times, if you weren't taught how to manage your emotions well as a child or you didn't get the lessons on, you know, what to do with this anger or what to do with this sadness, you are going to allow those emotions to manifest in a non-productive, unhealthy way. So if I am angry and I don't know what to do with that anger, then I am going to find some eating, some spending some money, some aggressive behavior <laughs> yes. towards another person. It has to come out in a in an unhealthy way. And so, again, now you have adults having adult temper tantrums, not being able to have communication with another adult, not being able to deal with conflict because you have so much anxiety boiling up on the inside that you're about to pass out. No one taught you how to deal with conflict. Perhaps in your house, no one talked about conflict or or all you saw was someone get hit over the head if they had conflict. So now you're an adult and you're just in a normal relationship and you are running from conflict. And so first being aware of some ab- the abnormalities that come from you not being able to have that effective um, communication with someone and really kind of owning it, being, saying, okay, I avoid conflict and really getting to the a comfortable place and finding a comfortable way to deal with conflict in a way that's perhaps not non-threatening for yourself. That is so good. I did that for years. I was the one that was the conflict avoider. I mean, it would give me such high anxiety to have to um, to address a matter or um, share my heart about a matter, you know, for fear of rejection or the person not understanding. So I would always avoid it. And when it would come up, I would get so stressed, you know, and, and – like you said, you have to. You have to address it, but growing up, not being taught that or not being, um, let's see, put in situations where you could learn those tools, it's understandable that, you know, the individuals would, would, would act out that way um, in avoiding it. So, you know, um, I think more so now conversations are had about different things like that, you know, and how to um, – have a conversation. One of the courses at my my particular job is crucial conversations, mm. having those crucial conversations as opposed to, you know, a misunderstanding occurs, and rather than talk to the person, you go and talk to the click of friends or the, you know, the girlfriend mm-hmm. um, and the click at work, <laughs> and it just magnifies the issue. It, it's not resolving anything, but because that's what may have been um, the reaction that may have occurred or that you were taught, whether it be um, by observation or not, that's how you respond. And like you said, we're adults, and those things are still going on because we haven't been shown a better way. And, and I found it became so liberating because once I realized that um, or came to the knowledge of that, um, I reluctantly, you know, would start having those conversations. And it's very, very hard to to do that. But they are those conversations are necessary, wouldn't you say? They are necessary and you know, I'll give you an example. So I am I don't have an issue with avoiding conflict, but that doesn't make me 
a, a better communicator than you. So if mm-hmm. I am not able to express myself in a way that doesn't cause threat or harm to someone else, I should have probably avoided the conflict because if I am not going to leave a person in a better position than they approached me, I am not really going to have an effective way of communicating with that person. So it's really learning your blind spots in the areas that are trigger areas for you. So if your area is conflict is mine and mine is, you know, I need to get my point out and that's a trigger (laughs) for me. (laughs) <laughs> then I need to be able to pull that back so I won't come off as angry and come off as this whole conversation has impacted my whole emotional being. So being able right. to stop, breathe through it, you know, really deal with, okay, what is the issue at hand, and really know your trigger points. Our body mm-hmm. keeps score, and it tells us everything we need to know about oh, my things that cause yeah. anxiety, <laughs> things that cause sadness, things that cause anger. And so we have yeah. to really listen to our bodies. It's speaking to us moment by moment. It's telling us we need to take a break. It's telling us we need to drink water. It's telling us we need to go to sleep. And those are all boundaries that are healthy boundaries for ourselves. A lot of times we avoid what we hear and keep doing what we want to do until we have oh, wow. a sickness, Burnout. until we're angry, <laughs> yeah. until we burned out. Mm-hmm. That is so true. That's, I, I had a situation just last week where, and this is just another example, where uh, for the past couple of weeks I have been dealing with some sickness. My child had been sick. So, um, you know, he was progressing. He had gotten better. But it was the tail end of me running around to doctor's appointments, me getting him medicine, me staying home and taking care of him, me trying to catch up on work when I finally got back. And by Friday, at the tail end of all of that, I was stressed, anxious, you know, and, and, and was having blood pressure reading issues. So, you know, we, like you said, we have to listen to our body. They're screaming at us all day long. It's in the tension in the shoulders, the pain in the back, and um, anything else that you can think of. So, I, um, so those... Go ahead. No, and I was going to piggyback on what you said. Um, Oftentimes when we have um, what is considered a life crisis, you know, your son's health at that point was Mm -hmm. a life crisis for you. But a lot of times we will make the adjustments that's necessary to get through the life crisis, but we don't Mm -hmm. make the necessary adjustments after the life crisis. We just go back to this is what I need to do. No, there needs to be a whole adjustment. (laughs) Everything needs to shift. Yeah, and we just don't yeah. do the shift a lot of time. Well, my body shifted for me Friday, and <laughs> <Yes>. I, <laughs> I'm like, okay, can't go to work. <laughs> got to sit here and meditate. You know, got to breathe. Got to put the essential oils on. You know, yes. and got to just sit and quiet. So, you know, that is so so true. Moving full speed ahead. You know, because we got our capes on. We got to get this done and be there for everybody else. But the sad reality is, a lot of times we fail. We fail to be there for ourselves. That's so right. Get, given that example that you used um, before, we went in depth in this conversation. You talked. You mentioned like the leader, the leader. Um, you know who is leading others in something um, specific, but they aren't unable to see the areas where they need that emotional support or need to become emotionally healthy in. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. How can we, you know, for the purpose of this, this call or this conversation providing a solution, can you share some ways, you know, that um, some easy ways that a leader can identify that there are some most emotional issues that they need to address, other than what we, you know, just explained with the the stress, the body. Um, Can you share any others? Yes, I would say, um, you know, definitely overload and um, a leader not having a clear vision on what their role is. And so, 
oftentimes as leaders we want to definitely be everything for everyone, but setting a boundary and identifying that this is outside of my lane, but already Mm -hmm. having resources in place to manage that piece that they're unable to manage, that's the best way a leader keeps themselves from getting burned out is by (coughs) recognizing that this is out of their scope, Mm-hmm. Um, delegating sounds like delegating, it's delegating. delegating. It's out of their scope, but also not just delegating, but making sure that they are getting educated on the importance of blending emotional wellness and mental health within the church. I think that mm-hmm. we are moving in a direction where um, pastors and leaders are open to listening. And so if someone is in a church and they have the passion to share that, um, educating and training leaders, I do a lot of you know, training opportunities in just demystifying mental health. There's still a lot yeah. of stigma and fear and lack of understanding as it pertains to mental health. And a lot of times um, members are getting misjudged because of lack of knowledge. And so that causes a lot of church hurt. There's also a lot of organizational hurt when um, organizations are not talking about emotional wellness. That's another area of mine where I want to go into corporations and really talk about mental health. So when you have this employee coming in and you are noticing that he or she is not performing, it's not always a performance issue. It Mm -hmm. could be they just lost their daughter and they don't know how to grieve. And perhaps, you know, you have the employee assistant set up and they can get the free session, but they don't even understand that. They were taught that that is for a weak person. And so having more than, you know, giving someone six free sessions, just having ways to infuse and educate people about mental health and emotional wellness is the best that we can do for our leaders. And also making sure that leaders have some training and understanding of of emotional and mental health, that would be crucial as well. So there are a lot of resources out there um, just impressing upon that leader to seek that guidance or or that person having a person on their team that's willing to say, hey, I'm noticing that you're off or I'm noticing that you're a little more angry. So not closing your mm-hmm. eyes to what you see, but yeah, really just speaking present. to that person in love, speaking in love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's key, you know, um, a lot of people back away from from speaking to those things because they don't understand it themselves. And having those things in place, like you mentioned, you know, um, to educate will definitely, you know, prepare. You know, I actually believe, like, as far as church is concerned, well, church or your business, for those who are in leadership or management, there should be a requirement um, some type of coursework where you get trained in understanding, like you said, emotional health and wellness, um, even mental health, because, you know, unfortunately it is, it is a reality, you know. Um, like you said, to penalize someone, you know, just say you had an A-plus employee and all of a sudden their work drops or they're making errors and different things like that there is typically something that has changed or something that is going on. Even even if it's not a loss of a loved one, it could be that that individual is a caregiver. Yes. You know, um, I can relate to that because, I, you know, I became a caregiver to my husband when he got sick, and I can personally relate to that because even when you're at work, I know for me work became an escape, mm. if that makes sense. Yes, because, yes. See, because the the weight was so heavy at home. It was just me. I was caring for my husband and for my son, making appointments for him, different things like that, making sure that he was okay. But then I had to go to work. So at work became an escape for me where I would close my door. And I, I did not know it was happening until after the fact. Um, I was closing my door because it was my office was like a sanctuary to me where I could have peace and quiet and get the work done 
And but however, the individuals on the outside were looking in, and were looking at categorizing it as, as being standoffish or unapproachable. Right. So yes. you know, it's in, yeah. You, you when you see changes like that for those who are in management and leadership, it's important to recognize that there must be there's something must have changed. Something's going on. Yes, I have a, um, and that's a great example. I have a, a similar example. Um, I had a a minister friend who shared an example with me that really, you know, hit the nail on the head as far as um, lack of understanding and just making sure you have resources in place. He said that he was, um, you know, the minister at a particular service, and you know, there's a um, a heightened awareness on things that happen in churches because we've had so many, you know, shootings and things mm-hmm. happen in places of worship. And so this individual was kind of walking up and down the aisles, which, you know, was alarming the other members, but also it put the leaders on high alert. And so um, he just kind of watched the gentleman. He was saying some things, just, you know, just not, he didn't seem like he was right. But my um, minister friend said he just kind of walked behind him and was, you know, praying around him, decided not to touch him. And as the uh, pastor closed out the service, um, he had an opportunity to talk to this gentleman and come to find out that the gentleman um, wanted to give some scriptures to the pastor. But what he also find out, found out is that this individual had um, Asperger's. And Asperger's mm. is, is a, a disorder that's really sensitive to touch. So if they had wrestled this young man down, oh there gosh. could have been a lot of other stuff going on yeah. that would have made it seem like, you know, he had some type of demonic spirit or, or something mm-hmm. else was going on. And so sometimes it's not what we think it is, and we need to really take a minute to make sure we have systems in place, yes, to protect people, but not to judge what we don't know. True. So true. So true, because I I believe that, like, at some point, um, one of the managers had a conversation with me, and I explained her why, you know, I was doing that. And, but that was way after the fact, after the, um, what word am I looking for? After the judgment had been made as to why it was happening. So it's, it's important, like you said, to, to ask questions, to have those conversations. Because um, assuming we know what they say about assumption. <laughs> so um, <Yes. laughs> assuming is, is never, a, never a good thing, never a good thing. So, um, yes. you know, share with, share with our audience, you know, what I know you've shared with us a little bit about what your desires are, but what's your ultimate mission and goal, you know, um, through your Illumination LLC and um, the impact or solution that you bring to the world? Yeah, so my ultimate goal is to share with many um, individuals as I can um, the importance of setting healthy boundaries and how it reduces anxiety and stress. It has a direct correlation with high blood pressure, um, headaches, um, sadness, to really um, empower individuals to know that they have the right to say no. Um, They have the right to snatch back their freedom in all areas of their life, Um, even if they weren't taught to say no. They have a right to um, have a balanced life, meaning Everything is not going to add up to 100, but to take time out for themselves, even if they're parents, to um, set boundaries within corporations and not have work piled on and be okay with the ramifications of if someone doesn't like it. And just make sure that individuals understand that without healthy boundaries, they're going to end, um, their lives are going to end in destruction at some point. So that is my, my mission and my, um, my goal. Um, I have created um, master classes on setting boundaries. Um, I have done groups on setting boundaries. And my next book is called Claiming Your Ground. It's a book to help business owners set effective boundaries. So, so whether you are a podcast leader or you have a 
entrepreneurial endeavor, um, we all have to set boundaries. Um, I'm also working to create a handbook and manuals for leaders. Um, leaders okay. are the worst violators in setting boundaries, and they are unaware that if they don't set these boundaries, they're ineffective in all that they do. Mm-hmm. And so I want to teach leaders the importance of changing their mindset on being the superman and superwoman of their leadership and pacing themselves so they won't burn out and so they won't have suicidal thoughts and want to end it. And being able to have, you know, groups of leaders that they can really share with and those individuals can hold the space for them um, without shame or guilt when they share. Mm -hmm. Openly. Yeah, you need a safe space to share. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's not in a group setting, you know, if it's just that one individual who, you know, mm-hmm. you guys can pour out your hearts to, you need that in your life. Um, yeah, So, so true. We all do. We all do. So um, this is awesome. So, you know, you have a great mission at hand. Um, it's, it's definitely needed. I um, want to make sure that I, I didn't leave out anything that I wanted you to, to share with our audience today. You know, you, you talked about, you know, um, getting rid of the stigma as it relates to mental health, um, the importance of saying no and having boundaries in, in place, um, and our e- emotional health as a whole um, and understanding the importance of it. Um, I guess as we head to closing out the conversation, would you just um, share some tips for that person that, you know, are at their wit's end, um, they are stressed, um, they are coming to the realization that they, you know, um, their emotional health is at stake, and they want to make that turn to becoming emotionally healthy. Um, what, where would you say that they should start, um, and what tips would you offer to that person? Yes. So I want to give a few examples of things some intentional things I've done, and then I'll share just some some ways that they can start to um, create a, uh, I would call it, self-care checklist. So one of the things I've done with my calendar, because I see clients um, throughout the day, um, regardless of how many clients I see, I have become very intentional about scheduling things for myself. So if you look at my calendar, you will see in the middle of the day, the end of the day, and the beginning of the day, Get out the off. Get out of the office and take a walk. So for those who are unable to take a walk because they're pollen sensitive, you can walk around your office. You have to find a way to keep moving um, because moving helps with your endorphins and it boosts your mood. So for me, I had to get very intentional about my calendar. I had to get very intentional about my days off not giving anybody any wiggle room to get on my calendar. Um, I have to do the social media cutoff and the CNN cutoff. I have to watch, you know, what type of trailers or what type of movies I'm going to. And that's because of what I do on a daily basis and how much um, trauma I hear. So I have to take some additional layers. But I also had to set boundaries with family members that want to, give me their yeah. whole story. I have to refer them to their own therapist. So if you have, <laughs> if you are the therapist for your family, you need to have no, some no. resources to share <laughs> with your family members. You cannot hold yeah. the space for yourself and hold the space for your family members. What you begin to do is you begin to enable them. And so if you don't have mm-hmm. to be a therapist to refer to a therapist, but you need to find some good ones and say, here you go, I looked up this person, and this is the person <laughs> that I think you should call. That's your way of That's saying, good. I can't do yeah. this for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as just some basic needs, you know, sometimes we kind of overthink this process. The basic things that we can do is make sure that we are getting enough sleep. Sleep is the foundation for everything that takes place in the day. So if you're getting four hours of sleep or you're getting five hours of sleep and you know that your body needs seven hours of sleep, we need to figure out why you're not getting sleep. If it's I've never slept, then you need to talk to your doctor. You need to really look at this as a way that you can take care of yourself. 
you know, definitely are eating, are eating um, making sure that if we have lunchtime that we are using that lunchtime not to do more work, not to take care of household stuff. You know, I know we have a limited amount of time, but if you really chart your time, we waste a lot of time on stuff that's not important. So your lunchtime needs to be your time to refuel, to think about yourself, not to take care of your kids and your husband and your dog, to take care of yourself, to disconnect from all of the energy at the office, to really just be present with yourself. And if you could get away from your office, that would be great. Exercise, Mm -hmm. the clothes you wear, taking vacations, um, turning the cell phone off, disconnecting from devices um, are good ways to deal with your physical health. Psychological self-care, making time for reflection, psychotherapy, journaling. You know, I even color. Um, Finding something that gives you a way to self-soothe. I do a lot of meditation. Um, Getting rid of friends that are bringing you stress and anxiety. Terminating Mm -hmm. friendships, not just relationships, some friends need to be terminated as well. Um, Terminating, Mm -hmm. getting rid of Clothes, decluttering will help you kind of refocus as well. Um, Emotional Mm -hmm. self-care would be, you know, doing affirmations, um, reading your Bible, um, finding ways to connect with things that bring you meaning and joy. As individuals, we are wired for meaning and fulfillment. So finding out what areas you are lacking in and finding out what brings you joy. So not feeling the shame if you want to go back and do ballet lessons at 55. If that brings you meaning and joy, um, go for it. I'm taking some guitar lessons. I've never played a guitar. All but right. I am passionate about <laughs> trying something new, um, mm-hmm. spiritual self-care, making time for re- reflection, spending time with nature, um, being aware of non-material things that cause you to feel anxiety, getting rid of that. Be open to changing your mindset, um, surrendering your thoughts and your will to something that may be different. Um, I've talked a little bit about workplace self-care, you know, not taking on extra assignments, not taking on extra groups and clubs to kind of fit in, Mm -hmm. um, balancing your caseload if you can, um, staying away from the drama, you know, finding peer support groups, and then striving for as much time, striving to do as many of the things that bring you joy and getting rid of the things that cause you anxiety and stress. So there's just some basic tips to kind of get started with um, emotional wellness and boundary setting. And I love everything that you have shared. You know, one thing stood out for me as you were talking, the things that you shared aren't just uh, emergency toolbox. These are lifestyle tools that need to be in yes. place every day, mm-hmm. not just when mm-hmm. a situation comes up, not just when you're stressed, um, your emotions are all over, all over the place. If we set those things in place as a, a, a lifestyle, then we don't have to worry about pulling them out of that emergency box when situations occur and we're at our wit's end or we're burnt out. That is correct. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared. I I truly believe that someone will be blessed by this conversation, and I'd like for you to share, you know, um, what services you offer through your company and how someone can reach you um, via social media and anywhere else that they can find you. Yes, yes. So I am. I can be. I can. I can be reached at um, my website, illuminationcc.com. That is my counseling practice. I work with individuals, couples, groups, youth. I would say I'm a general practitioner. Um, I specialize in teaching individuals how to balance their emotions. Um, One way I use is, of course, boundary setting. I also um, speak and work with organizations, churches, fitness centers on teaching um, 
regulation of emotions. So if you are listening and you are an organization and need someone to talk about emotional wellness and mental health, um, I would be happy to do that. I have um, created a master class on boundary setting. You can find that on my website at illuminationcc.com. My book is hosted on my um, Dumping Ground website, which is the dumpinggroundbook.com. I can be found at um, on Facebook at Illumination CC and also on Instagram at Illumination CC. Um, and that's how you can find me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I want to give a shout-out and thank um, Natalie for um, referring you to the Food for Your Journey podcast. And um, I thank you for coming on. Uh, Prayerfully, you will not be a stranger. I really think that what you do is needed um, in the world today. And, um, you know, um, I hope that we can partner again someday in some way. You know, yes, I would love to. Individuals, yes, yes, yes. So it's been a pleasure chatting with you. It's been great to meet you. And um, what I will do before we close out, if there's anyone on the line that has a question, a comment, um, want to just share based on what we've talked about this evening, um, if you have a question for our guest, you can press star six on your phone to join us, and we'll be happy to receive you. So if there's not any um, individuals on that have a question on tonight, if you're listening um, to the replay, feel free to jot down the contact information of our guest, um, Latasha, and uh, reach out to her if you have some questions or need some support in that area. If you are not located in the, at, um, the Lawrenceville, Georgia area, that's where you're located, correct? Natasha? Yes, correct. Okay. I so am in Lawrenceville, not, Georgia. Right. So if you're located in Lawrenceville, Georgia, Georgia, and you are in need of her service, re, services, reach out to her. If, not, uh, if you're not in that area, I'm certain that she can refer you to someone um, near you or in your area that can support you in your efforts to becoming emotionally healthy. Take note of everything that our guests have shared on tonight that will um, assist you in your journey to emotional health. And um, thank you again, Latasha, for coming on the podcast. And I just want to focus out for tonight. Focus out for tonight. Until we meet again, remember, just as a vehicle can never get very far without stopping by the gas or the fueling station, neither can we. Our Father in heaven desires that we seek him with our whole heart and be fueled daily through his word and a personal relationship with him. He is, his presence is the greatest fueling station of them all. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Food for Your Journey podcast. Take care, and God bless. God bless. Good night.